Uh, hello, everybody. It's episode number 64 of the Development Hell podcast. We've been gone for a little bit. We have another one in the can that hasn't seen the light of day. Um, Ed's been busy dealing with some other stuff, but we're back uh, for... Uh, I think this one was actually planned with a lot shorter notice than we normally do, but we're here uh, for the 64th time. And you want to know why today is one of the better days I've had in a while, Ed? Uh do I want to, or are you, you going to tell why? me? Any- well, I'm going to tell you anyway, but you uh, yeah, know go. Why? Uh, yes, I do. Because I passed you in Twitter follower account again. God damn it. That's right. So time for some more sob stories about mental illness, and then you'll pass me. Yeah, I got to get up on that. Maybe I could get Will Wheaton to retweet it or something. That would be like good, because I think I'm riding pretty high on the success of the uh, the Wooly Mammoth uh, getting funded. So yeah, um, I right. am quite excited about that. Right, definitely. Which means my daughter's going to be earning a lot of money packing elephants into boxes for me this winter. Nice. By uh, by uh, money, you mean hugs? No, I'll, I'll probably pay her. I don't want to pack what? elephants. I'll get her to do it. You got to uh, boy. Gotta t- I'm teaching my daughter the correct lessons. Anything worth doing is worth paying for. Wait, so wait, who's packing it? I'm going to get my oldest daughter to help with the packing. Oh, your daughter. For some reason, I thought you... Uh, never mind. Thought yeah, was. it's different. I thought you're for some reason. I uh, wires got crossed in my head, and I thought you're going to have your wife pack it, and you were going to give her money, and that seemed a little weird, like a kind of a weird relationship. Well, like I don't, I don't know. I think like, this actually would be a pretty good relationship. The boundaries are clearly established, right? Yeah, I don't know. It'll be like that episode of Seinfeld where uh, the uh, where uh, Jerry starts dating his maid. I don't think I've seen that one. I'm I'm actually deciding that I'm pretty uncomfortable with the road I just went down where I compared a marriage with a relationship between a man and his maid. Marriages have, uh, marriages have so, come out of relationships between men and, and their maids, so I wouldn't feel so bad. Right. Uh, I, I think I'm just going to stop and <laughs> we'll uh, go back. So you passed me a Twitter follower count. Um, that's, that's rough. Maybe I should start... Uh, Really, some fun things I could do. Talk about the importance of. But anyway, as awesome as I as awesome as I am, Ed, we're here to talk about somebody else tonight. So before we introduce our extra special guest, we need to talk about our sponsors for uh, tonight's wonderful event. Mm. Yeah, this is a this is a rough one. I got to tell you. I was contacted. Um, by the People for Ethical Treatment of Animals uh, regarding uh, the sponsorship of the company Rove. Um, accusations were levied. Uh, pictures were furnished of dogs operating iPads in some sort of uh, bunker, but like a dog, a dog house size bunker. So smaller than a regular bunker. Um, There were bunk beds. Uh, The dog slept on the bunk beds. Uh, And then for up to 10 hours a day, uh, they would uh, farm gold uh, in popular iOS games. 
Uh, I've been told that uh, this uh, evidence was gathered at a uh, a site owned by Rove. And I think it's maybe time that we talked about this, Chris. <laughs> uh, I have a firm no comment. Uh, there was a picture of a tall, bald man uh, blowing what appeared to us. There was a, a silent whistle. But the dogs uh, reacted violently. Oh, well, Gary's not there anymore, right? Well, no, he's still there. Wait, you haven't gotten rid of him yet? Dude, he's running the bunker. We can't get rid of him yet. Gosh. Uh, well, this explains everything. Gary's still involved. I, You had told me that Gary was stepping aside. Not till August. This, this is one of the loose ends he was supposed to take care of. I guess that's the problem with the internet. Pictures never go away. Did Gary tell you that the dogs went to a farm? <laughs> well, he just, you know. They're happy now. They're, they're happy. They're now. in a better place now, truly. Better. You can finally answer the question of who's a good boy. It's Project Old Yeller was what we were calling it internally. Anyway. Wow, this went really dark and grim in our <laughs> Why are your laptops? They smell like dog food. <laughs> so Roe Foundation uh, sponsors people going to conferences. And, uh, and, do- and dogs with iPads, apparently. Dogs. Teaches dogs to code on iPads. <laughs> oh man! Oh, you know, Gary's gonna be so mad when he hears it. <laughs> oh, Gary, man, I love you. I love I mean, you, man. But those dogs in the bunker, man, you just shouldn't have. You should have took done. care of that before you left. Yes, Roe Foundation, helping people who are disadvantaged go to conferences. I know with uh, the True North PHP, uh, Call for Papers closing, uh, midnight Eastern time as you're listening to this. If you're listening to this, guess what? You already missed the Call for Papers. (laughs) But but we are planning on doing a, uh, Rove is going to do a treat, uh, going to do a get treated like a speaker um, promotion oh. for the conference. So one lucky person is uh, attendee for um, True North is going to get mm-hmm. uh, going to get the speaker treatment, free ticket, pick up at the airport, get to hang out with the speakers at the speaker dinner. Should be uh, should be a lot of fun. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, man, should be good. I'm going to get to you- zoom around in the Tesmore mobile with me. It's going to be good. Now, uh, will you get a a uh, fitted for a free Canadian tuxedo? <laughs> Free Canadian tuxedo. Well, I don't know. It depends. You know, not everyone can rock the denim. Exactly. It's true. It's true. Uh, I just got my uh, paper in to that. So uh, yeah, I know. I saw. 
Maybe I shouldn't have bothered and should have uh, seen if I could gotten into the Rove Foundation money. Yeah, I'm pretty sure you don't qualify for that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, pretty sure. Pretty sure. Um, so, yeah, so that looked... You know, look for some information on how to participate in that contest as well. Once uh, once the talks get selected and the early bird tickets go up and all that other wonderful stuff. Oh, it's going to be a contest. Yes. yes. That's exciting. Well, people are going to apply and then we're going to, you know, figure out a way to select somebody at random and boom, they're going to get to go. I guess that is kind of a contest. Yeah, it should be good. Maybe you should have them write essays. That's not like a st- Like a scholarship. No, that's too much work, man. And then I got to read all those. Or Priscilla yeah. has to read all of them. That's no good. That's a good point. That's a good point. Um, and then our other sponsor, Wonder of Network. Did you hear that Paul got a promotion at his day job? What's he, lead cancer? <laughs> <laughs> well, pretty close. He's a team lead now. So your guess was pretty good. <laughs> yeah, I guess it's like. Team lead at the Books of Freshness. So congratulations to Paul. He mentioned it in a tweet. Oh, I actually thought he was still working at that cancer thing. No, no, he's not there anymore. Never mind. So he works at FreshBooks? Yes, he does. He pro- I probably knew all that, and I, it all fell out of my head. Yeah, you're like me. That's, that shit wasn't important until now, so it's... In- no, it really wasn't. It's, it's, it's like, you know, it's like the equivalent of, like, you know how Amazon has that, what is it, the glacial storage? Is that what it's yeah, called? It, yeah, that's definitely glacial storage. It takes, like, storage. a week to retrieve a mm-hmm. 10K text file. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. basically where mm-hmm. that information's being, being shunted. I just yeah. remember because I saw the tweet from Paul earlier today, and I said to myself, remember to talk about this on the podcast. Uh, he's so congratulations, plumber. Mr. Reinheimer. Moving on up like the right. Jeffersons. Yep, right. Uh, so Wonder Network, uh, which is so good, it's a moonlighting gig, uh, Has a oh, they have a bunch of services, Wonder Proxy, where's it up? With a question mark. Does it Natural- actually have a question mark on it? In the that, That's the description right wow. there. Where's it up? That's impressive. Where's it up? Natural load testing. That's uh, where it's all organic load testing. Uh, Pesticide-free load testing? They only have their dogs uh, work eight-hour days doing load testing. Well, labor law is different, uh, you know, on the Isle of Dogs where Gary has it. Ah, yes. Uh, Wonder VPN, uh, which is a, a VPN service, some that uh, you know you use. I am a like past, a personal a VPN customer. Of, yeah, uh, you're a past Wonder customer, VPN? and uh, you Wonder hated VPN? it. So no, 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 I really it. liked it. It was yeah. uh, very convenient. Uh, yeah, Wonder VPN was a, a nice uh, VPN, personal VPN service. Uh, Global ping statistics, and where is it fast? Uh, which I presume I hadn't seen that before. I think that that's a new one. Check page load speed around the world. So you can, you know, check how fast stuff loads in Guatemala, or perhaps you'd like to try Moscow. I was going to say Kazakhstan, but how about, I can't pronounce it. Zagreb in Croatia. What about, Dubai, Karachi. What about moving on? Uh, That's a good point. So, and uh, they provide us with the bandwidth to stream this to all two people who are probably listening right now, which is nice. You know, you know what we need? You need like a, like a, like a live uh, interactive dashboard for the, for the wonder network stream. So we can see at any given time, how many people are listening. (laughs) 
Yeah, well, you can go and look. It doesn't change. You have to reload the page, but you can go and see who's lit. That's weak sauce. Um, But Icecast does, I mean, I'm kind of convinced that, like, it's not that great. I Really, what there should be is, like, some web page app that you could just play and it would broadcast the audio, right? That would be the nice thing. So, I don't know. Sometime I'll figure something like that out. Well, you know we can't have nice things anyway, so it doesn't matter. Um, Usually what gets in the way of that with me is not trying. And uh, I am decidedly not trying uh, lately. So that is three times and counting. Yeah, exactly. So um, that's what we got going on. So our sponsors, again, Rove and Wonder Network. Thank you for keeping freedom free. (laughs) I just I think I think a a bald eagle just flew by my screen. That was pretty good. You know, uh, I've heard that. Like, have you ever actually heard real bald eagle sounds? Like you think it's I some kind just, of like I thought they just scream Murica as they fly through the sky. Uh, they you'd think they'd make some screeching like death howl like attack. No, they just don't. They just kind of go like ah, like a like a more they're like um, pretty refined crow. It, they're pretty weak. Yeah. yeah, they're not. They're not that cool. Yeah. Not that cool. Cool symbol, um, bro. Yep. Yep. Uh, In a country so obsessed yeah. with appearance. They have a bald bird as a mascot. I just don't get that one. You know, bald, it just means white. Is bald a euphemism or something? Oh, I think it, I think it means that it's got a white head. That's pretty weak sauce, America. You need to get on that and fix that. Canada has, a, has you know, beaver as a mascot. Head to toe and fur. There's no bald beaver. I better mute before I giggle. Actually, I'm going to mansplain that to you. You know, this is see what Joe just did in chat. This this is why sometimes guests don't get invited back. Oh, I d- motherfucker just well actualed me on the podcast. Yep, and that's like not cool at all. All right, enough about the sponsors. Farmed, wait, Thank this you. is Claremont made a good yeah, joke. Farm to table low testing. Yeah, yeah, Joel's so funny talking about Elm and Edris and all these other cool Haskell-like things that he does. Let's move on. Uh, I told you, dude. Piebald. Idiot. I knew that shit. Piebald? That's where... The, is that where you lose your hair from eating too much pie? It means white-headed. D-bag. What's your um, what's your bird? Canadia? I'm flipping it to you right now. Yeah, fair enough. That's a good point. You don't need no bird as a mascot. <laughs> How weak is that? Uh yeah, what do you got? A beaver? That's right. Um no, that's fair. It's a uh, powerful engineering uh animal. They're very polite. They they're uh, constantly cleaning up after themselves. Has to chew on things or it'll die. That's right. Chew or die. That's the Canadian motto right there. Chew or die. <laughs> it's going to be a six tack too. A big beaver that says chew or die on it. It's like New Hampshire, except different. <laughs> Shit. All right. We have a guest we haven't introduced yet. And yeah, I, we've I, been talking for a while. Maybe we don't need to talk to this well-actually motherfucker. <laughs> Can you tell I don't like well-actually at all for any reason? <laughs> Oh, uh, we're just gigglers, aren't we? I need to write a Twitter bot that well actually is well actually people. 
Mm, uh, You should search for well, actually on Twitter and just retweet. That would be good. Yep. Uh, Okay. So hi, Joe. Hi, how's it going? Maybe you should. Well, it was better until you said something. (laughs) I was totally not trying to. Well, actually, I was. I thought I was supporting your argument. That's exactly what I expected. Well, actually, person to say he was sticking up for me, D bag. Why do you keep calling me D bag? I don't know. It's the best I got right now. I can't. I'm not. I'm not firing on all cylinders here. Clearly, (sighs) rough. Like especially if you violated the NDA by talking about the dog bunker. I went in there. It's going to come out of your vein. I saw, I cannot unsee what I saw. I saw dogs, rampant mange, their joints sore from padding on a tablet over and over. Farming gold. Cracked dewclaw. I know, whatever, man. Uh, Joe Ferguson. Welcome to the program. Thank you. And first time caller, long time listener, long time listener, long time listener. Great show today. And Joe, you uh, organized Nomad PHP, which uh, is it's kind of like a motorcycle gang, um, and you have like people who are in the motorcycle gang, but they aren't specific to a particular area; they just wander around. Well, I organized the motorcycle gang uh, part. Uh, we're kind of a small portion is, is kind of what I do. Mm. Uh, Cal Evans actually organizes the actual, the real nomad, the uh, the user group for people who don't have user groups part. That's what he does. I, oh, okay. But I, yes, you're right. I do manage the motorcycle gang aspect of okay, it. Okay, that's cool. I like that. And also the Memphis PHP user group, you have involvement with that? I do. Uh, a long time ago. Wow. Yeah, I guess it has been a couple of years now. Uh, Jeremy Kendall abandoned Memphis for Nashville for greater right. pastures. Right. And uh, at that meeting, it was kind of like, Hey, I need somebody to take over Memphis PHP. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so I was one of the ones that raised my hand and I've been doing it ever since. Mm-hmm. And he deeply regrets that now, right? He does because he came back a year later. Yep. And he's like, Son of a bitch. but he doesn't, yeah. but he does, but he didn't take back running the user group, right? No, I wouldn't let him. That's a good call. Actually, that dude is the biggest non-programming CTO I have ever known. <laughs> no, when he came back, uh, he uh, he had all kinds of other stuff going on. So I was like, hey, man, uh, if, if you want to be involved, that's great. If not, no problem. We, we got a good thing going. So, you know, it was it was a, it was a big deal for me to be able to continue what he started and and and, and bring a small part of the or what I could bring of the larger uh, global PHP community to Memphis. So that was what was real important to me to, to see continue. Mm-hmm. Dude, this isn't a sales pitch, all right? Just relax, man. Global PHP community. God, it's just Jeremy and three other people, man. You got to relax about that stuff. True story. You you tell Jeremy the wrong date for the meetups too, right? We're meeting on Tuesday. (laughs) Keep telling them it's Tuesday. (laughs) It's, it's, you know, then it's Thursday night. You're all at the bar. Jeremy's like, man, no one ever comes to these meetings anymore. (laughs) What happened? Yeah, so so I wanted to have um, Joe on. Just to kind of talk about the Nomad PHP experience, because <laughs> it basically is like a roving user group and kind of also kind of reminds me of almost like a you're running a miniature conference um, every month. Is it every month, uh, Nomad Meet? Or is that every Like, how often does it does it meet? Because I know you do the you have the ones for the EU folks and then the ones for the North American uh, time zone folks, right? 
Right. So we do Nomad PHP once a month. Um, and Cal Evans is the one who started it, and he is the one who kind of does all of the the real work, uh, Cal and Kathy Evans. Um, so we do it once a month. The, the whole purpose of Nomad PHP is to be a user group slash conference experience for, for those people who may not have a user group in their town. Maybe they're uh, in a small town. Maybe they're in a remote part of the world. Uh, that way they can have access to these conference level speakers. And that was one of the things that really kind of drew me to it initially is because I was seeing uh, people that I saw talking at conferences, doing this online talk, and I could just, you know, watch it whenever or, or, or attend and, and see those conference level talks without having to spend the time and spend the money to go out to a conference uh, just to get that kind of get access to that level of content. Because yeah, I have spoken uh, at a nomad meeting and it was, you know, I've, I've done a couple of these kind of online things. So it's uh, um, you guys have the process down pat. Yeah, it's been a lot of trial and error. Uh, a lot of it is, you know, finding a service that works for a majority of people and uh, and supports being able to record it. Because what we do is uh, we record all the meetings and then we send out the links to everyone who attended it. Or was it if they weren't able to attend, they can go download the the video later and watch it. So you're able to kind of build up this library of content uh, for you know yourself to be able to you know go back and learn or or, or what have you. So is there, I mean, I haven't been to the website in quite a long time. Is there like actual like archive section where you can go back and watch old, watch recordings from older meetings? Yeah. So you can actually go back. Uh, they sell all of the old videos. Oh, very so, smart, Cal. Very smart. Right. So all of the previous videos you can go and watch and you can go all the way back to uh, your video, Chris, understanding the Helter Skelter world of testable PHP applications. Oh, look at that. It's trying to suck up now. It's very impressive. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Did uh, you get to wet your beak on that? You get a little of that cash? You get a little bit of something? I'm actually trying to remember what the deal was because a, a baller like me doesn't worry about the money too much. Um so Ed, haven't you done a Nomad PHP? Haven't you done a full a full length one? I did, I did, did. Uh, okay. and I forget now what I did. I it was on something. I can't remember what I talked about. I think it was maybe the how to be a great developer talk. I don't see it in the video section, so I, I don't know. Maybe they maybe you probably maybe deleted yours was, it. <laughs> just deleted it when they were done. So it's Nomad. Bullshit. Yeah, Nomad takes care of the, the the ones that do like the full length. They do like hour long sessions, or sometimes they're hour and a half. Uh, those speakers do get paid. Uh, kind of what I actually do with Nomad is I is I handle the lightning talks. Uh, so Nomad PHP started in April 2013, and the first meeting was the next was May 2013, and then a year later we started doing lightning talks. Uh, Cal Evans sent out an email or a tweet or something looking for a volunteer to contribute to Nomad PHP, and that's that's all he said. So I was like, hey, sure, you know, I'm interested in helping out because I think this is kind of cool what you're doing, and I was the lucky one or the only one that replied to that, and uh, so I became the host of the lightning talks, which. The point of the lightning talks was after the first year of Nomad PHP, Cal did a survey of like, you know, what did you think of this first year? What could we do different? What could we do better? What didn't you like? And one of the things was free content. So what we decided to do or what Cal decided to do and brought me on to, to kind of manage and, and host was lightning talks where we come in and we bring a speaker in for 10 minutes and just give a high level overview or a real deep dive into a small portion of something that's PHP adjacent. Uh, it doesn't have to necessarily be PHP, but something that you would 
deal with in your day to day of a, of being a PHP developer. So that was kind of that's what I manage, and I fill in as a stunt host for when Cal is out traveling or gallivanting around the world, uh, going to conferences and stuff because he's he's an important conference going person. Hmm. A very important conference going person. Yes. So part of my job is finding these people to uh, do lightning talks. And I, I have my ups and downs with that. I'm currently on a streak of being kind of bad at, at, you know, getting, getting my speakers arranged ahead of time. But uh, what's really cool that I've seen is a lot of our speakers or some of the earlier speakers that we had when we first started have gone on to do uh, full, full length nomad talks. Um, James Tickham was one of the ones that, that was able to do that. And there's people that still come and tell me that they, cause he, he did one of the first lightning talks that we did and it was about rabbit MQ and people still to this day come to me and they were like, yeah, I was watching this video on rabbit MQ and I heard your voice and it blew me away. I was like, Oh, well you were watching the Nomad PHP, uh, the lightning talks because we put out all of the lightning talks on our YouTube channel. Uh, right. It's completely free. So you can go out there. There's, a year and I guess uh, a month, a month or two of worth of talks. We do two lightning talks a month. So there's, you know, something like 12, 24, 25 videos out there that are just free content for, uh, for people to go and learn from. That's pretty cool. I like that. That's a lot of free content. And that is, that's really cool. And I always feel like that's one of my, that's, you know, maybe my favorite part of the open source community and culture is that is sharing what you've learned and, and, and uh, you know, collaborating in that way, that sort of collaborative learning process. What do you think, Chris? Oh, I, I agree. Like being able to give away um, content to people is good. Topical content is always good. Um, and I, I, I mean, I, I kind of think that nomad PHP is a bit of um, uh, should be better known than it, than it has been so far. I mean, it's kind of a, it's a very different concept with the idea of the virtual user group. I know it's, I basically get out to my own personal user group about once a year, just simply because I'm so far out into like the fourth ring of suburbs, uh, that for me to get downtown in time during the week, uh, to attend my, uh, the, you know, the user group I help, help get off the ground. Just, I just can't do it. I was late for the meetings all the time. So, um, uh, you know, a few times when I do feel that need to to hang out with some people and, and, and learn some PHP stuff, Nomad is very appealing. And I do like, I mean, the, the presentation format is a good one. And, and Joe is right. I mean, I have noticed, I do pay attention, despite what some people might think. Uh, mm-hmm. Who some of the speakers are and, and watching them. I mean, James, like you know, he mentioned James Rabbit MQ talk. So James actually now works uh, works with us at Rove. So you know, that was kind of just the beginning for him of getting that level of of personal attention up and getting other people to notice. And now he's organizing his own conference uh, and doing stuff like that. I know that uh, PHP South Coast it's going on this weekend coming up. Whole bunch of <coughs> excuse me, Rove folks. Basically, everyone from Rove who's in Europe um, is going to be. Uh, is attending that conference. So kind of cool. Um, I just think like, you know, Nomad should get a little bit more attention. It's a, it's a very cool concept. And again, like, you know, if you don't know about your PHP user group or you just can't get out to it, or I mean, to be perfectly honest, maybe you don't like the people that run your, your local <laughs> user group. It, it happens. You like know? you. Right. Uh, right. What do you mean? Like me? You hate everybody. I don't hate everybody. I love group. everybody. That's a, that is a common misconception that I hate people. Is not. I only no, hate, I meant everybody. I only hate certain people. Okay. Well, yes. Uh, but, but if you don't have a user group, and you, I mean, the purpose of these user groups is uh, is you know 
You're there to meet people who are interested in the same things as you and to learn stuff. And so Nomad PHP um, can really, really help with the, uh, definitely help with the, the learning side of things. And networking stuff, I imagine that's a little bit kind of weird and awkward to do in a virtual environment such as Nomad um, has. But, you know, at least it's somewhere. At least you have common ground and stuff to talk about. So you mentioned, um, Joe, that you're, that, you know, took a while some experimentation um, to kind of get your, uh, I'm trying to think your platform setup. So why don't you talk a bit about uh, all the different tools um, that you guys use to to pull Nomad PHP off? Oh yeah. So so yeah, I think we start. I can't remember. I was trying to remember the uh, the name of the system that we used before. Uh, they Cal and Kathy went through like five or six different systems, and I think right now we're we're still using GoToMeeting. Uh, but GoToMeeting is essentially the platform that we use. Uh, we have the speaker. The speaker is connected just like all the attendees are. They just have extra privileges to where they can share their screen. Uh, the speakers will share their screen and you know kind of step through their slides, or they'll swap over to a code demo. Um, so it's it's really kind of. Uh, you know, I guess low impact for uh, for organizers of Nomad PHP because it's just a matter of you know introducing the guest. Uh, Cal has this awesome spiel about uh, community stuff that happens or that is upcoming and happening. Um, lots of uh, lots of good information. You know, right before uh, we lead into the the main event or the main talk. Uh, so we use uh, I think it's Eventbrite for ticketing. It's uh, go to PC. Uh, or go to meeting that actually handles the the event itself, and then it's it's yeah. I mean, I wish it was more complicated because we could, we we could talk about how we solve this really complex problem. But I think it's just Cal and Kathy figured out how to glue a couple of different really robust services together to to, to pull it off. So that's all you need, and then you're rolling in cash. I don't know if you're rolling in cash. You you may be like having cash slowly fall towards you. <laughs> Like like a very very light uh, snowfall, right? Flur- with just like, a flurry, just a flurry where the where the snowflakes are dollar bills. Oh yeah, that's nice. No, I'm making it rain. That's what you're doing, right? So so yeah, I mean, speaking of money, Nomad PHP, the the two events that we do every month, there is a cost there because the services that we utilize to, to make all of this happen, you know, they, they cost everything costs something, right? So uh, we have to charge uh, attendees for that. But we also take care of the speakers. The money left over is not being, you know, thrown around at a, at a dog place that's having dogs farm iOS gold. Yeah. So that we got we got that going for us, really. Really. You know, you guys make that sound like that's not a viable business model. I'm here to tell you, you guys are wrong. <laughs> Clearly, because it's working, right? It's working. <laughs> got that used BMW or whatever you bought. <laughs> But so, okay, dude, so, we're going to get into stuff about cars on the podcast. All right. Maybe. Wow. So, you know, that being said, if you are a user group leader, if you run a PHP user group, you can send an email to Cal and Cal will give you a free ticket to, uh, to either of the nomads that you want a month. You just have to request it every month. So uh, even though there is money involved, money is changing hands and, and being distributed to people. It's, you know, it's still a community-focused or community-themed event. Uh, we, we want it to be accessible. Uh, the da- the video downloads, if you buy a video or if you buy uh, a, an attendance event, uh, the, the video that you get later after the event is DRM-free. It's not locked down or anything. Uh, it, it's kind of the honor system to please don't distribute it unless you're allowed to. That appeals to me. 
as a person who does not like DRM. You mean you're a content pirate is what you're saying? Yeah. Well, I was going to upload all their shit onto YouTube. Do your own channel. Yeah. So it's uh, some ads on boom, instant revenue stream. It's uh, for Funkatron <laughs> production. It's nomad with a zero. <laughs> <laughs> Because all those Japanese console systems ain't going to pay for themselves. That's right. That's right. And a couple American ones. No, nah, man. All the good stuff has to be from Japan. Well, the Xbox isn't from Japan. Like I said, all the good stuff is <laughs> from Japan. Fair enough. Says the guy who owns a Nintendo Wii. <laughs> hey. uh, but Joe did bring up a um, an interesting point, and one that I think is is uh, for all my jokes about being a high end roller uh, who produces content. Um, it's true, doing all these things actually does cost money. So, um, so that's why selling the videos is important, even just nominal fees for it. So, I mean, I don't know if you can talk about this. Would you say that Nomad runs at a loss, or or has Cal basically figured out where this thing is kind of paying for itself? Because, I mean, that would be annoying to have to, like, fork out money out of my own pocket every month because a bunch of chumps don't want to pay for a video. Right. So I, I might get into a little bit of trouble for saying this, but I think... Cal doesn't you know, listen anyway. Right. Does not listen to this. Uh, when when I came on to start hosting the podcast or to start hosting the Lightning Talks, um, in passing, he mentioned that on a good month, Nomad PHP lets them go out to dinner one night a month. So there you go. So I think he, he and Kathy have figured out where where to dial this in really really well because i know they comp a lot of tickets every month because right. all the user group leaders they i mean they send an email and they get a free ticket i mean there's it's no questions it's like oh you're you're this user group here's your ticket and every every month i send them you know usually one or two emails of people that i'm either giving it away at memphis php or somebody has contacted me about it asking a question and i'm like oh well here go check it out fair enough so yeah they're yeah, I mean, they, they still have day jobs, right? I mean, they're not rolling in the Nomad PHP money. But they're living a luxurious lifestyle, at least for a part of the month. One thirtieth of the month. <laughs> one thirtieth of the month. <laughs> they, live, they, live like, they live like royalty, one thirtieth of the month. <laughs> right. Well, you got to start somewhere, right? It, it's, it's Nomad PHP and then the next thing. Golden Corral night. <laughs> <laughs> so there is actually... Uh, they, they have expanded uh, Nomad PHP. They, there is a nomadjavascript.com mm. that is the same principle of bringing a PHP speaker into a virtual user group, but it's obviously JavaScript fa- uh, focused. Um, and that's a Jordan. Uh, I keep forgetting his last name. Yeah, Jordan Casper. Uh, Jordan Casper. That's yeah, it. I he, know it's he's the one that hosts that. Jake he, or, no, he's not Jake Arella. What is he on? He's, the, he's Jordan, the friendly organizer. <laughs> <laughs> uh he's the uh, he works for strong loop as a shill slash evangelist if i remember correctly friend of the show jordan i like jordan i invited him to 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 true north last year he gave a talk on some javascripty stuff it's java it's java java javascript <laughs> <laughs> Nomad Haskell, yeah, and it has one attendee, Joel. He goes there every week. He's the attendee late. and the speaker. He's the speaker. He talks to himself about how awesome Haskell. No, he lazy loads his talks for when he needs them later. That's awesome. It's a little Haskell joke for you, there, folks. I like that. That was good stuff. See all this and brains too. The shit's on point. That's right. <laughs> My jokes are on fleek. 
So Nomad PHP, not making enough money. All right, well, I won't steal that business model then. Um, Yeah, really. So what would you say, Joe, is like the most – trying to think of a a better way to put this because I was going to say something else. But what's the – the most unusual part of Nomad PHP, like what's the thing that's happened that you that you just simply weren't expecting when you got involved? Uh, probably people to recognize my voice, because uh, a couple of conferences that I've been at, uh, somebody has come up to me and and mentioned that I sound really familiar, and I ask them, "Oh, well, do you ever watch the Nomad PHP Lightning Talks?" They're like, "Well, yeah, of course." And I was like, "That's where you know my voice from." That's where you go. Your voice go. All right, all right, all right. And they're like, "Oh, I know exactly who that dude is." <laughs> <laughs> right, right. So, yeah, that was kind of the the, the weird thing. It was like, oh, wait, you mean people are? Act- I, I didn't, you know, I guess I just didn't think that the reach was as awesome as it is. But you know, with with all the stuff that Cal is involved with, uh, it comes with that uh, that that reach and all of the uh, the access that he has. So it, it's really cool to see how people like even a year after we did these episodes, they're, they're just finding it because they're just getting exposed to rabbit MQ or they're just finding out about this topic. They did a Google search and it sh- and you know, YouTube was the video that showed up for it. So it was really cool. And, and being recognized from that was really cool too. And I mean, and that was, you know, selfishly, that was one of the, the, one of the factors of why I wanted to get involved was, you know, for the recognition, because I was sending out talk submissions and I wanted to be able to kind of have some, recognition from from my name out in the community and and you know it, it's it's that personal branding that i i'm trying to do that i'm terrible at because chris won't do a talk at a conference i go to exactly requires people to actually accept if being willing to accept a talk about doing personal branding because lord knows i could talk about it just whether uh, whether organizers want uh, want people coming to learn how to be like me, where whereas being me has a lot of upside. I don't know how many of my disciples I really want running around because it could make Twitter very awkward. <laughs> You're very awkward. Your mom's very awkward. Yeah, that's a good point. That's a good point. Mm-hmm. She stumbles down the stairs every night. <laughs> what does that even mean? <laughs> I don't. I don't know what it means. <laughs> I don't know what it means, but she does it awkwardly. It's upsetting. It's very it's like upsetting. Hinting that she's drunk or stumbly or something. I don't know. Benny Hill sex. That's right. <laughs> Benny Hill what? Uh, sax. Oh, sax. Oh, like yakety sax. You said something else. Benny Hill sex. <sighs> uh, speaking of those guys who came up to you uh, and said that they thought they recognized your voice, Joe, they were hitting on you. <laughs> That that's fine. No, I'm I mean, fine with that. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. like it's whatever. Yeah, Any port in a storm. That's Joe's motto. Hey, fair <laughs> enough, man. <laughs> Shit. No judgment here. No, it's not judgment. Dude, no judgment. Like, gotta strike while the iron's hot, man. Look, that's you learn new things at conferences. <laughs> that's, right. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Wow, this has been a really dark episode of the Development Hell podcast. Let's see. Let's take a look at our list here. So we've uh, so we talked about Memphis a little bit about our our favorite non programming CTO. Yeah, you talked about the user group, whatever, yada yada. So (laughs) Nomad PHP. Uh, We'll skip over Joe's drinking problem revealed through Untapped. 
I'd like to talk about Memphis more. I've been there. Oh, you actually have been there. That's correct. All right. Visiting, uh, seeing where all that VC money's going. Yeah. Yeah. I had to make sure to check it out. I just want to make sure it was all going to the right places. Um, So what are the the graph story offices like in Memphis? Well, you missed the closet. I got to see the closet. Oh, when it was just a closet. That was awesome. It was, it was like a copy room. Who's in that closet? Jesus. Well, it was, well, it was Jeremy and Greg and it was, it was a little cramped in there, but once that VC money kicked in, they're ballers now. Yeah, right. So they, now have they, have, clo- they have a walk-in closet now. It's, it's so much better. <laughs> I think they have some of the bigger space in that in that co-working space. Oh, they definitely do. The um, uh, the, yeah. the place where the office is uh, is a very tech community friendly uh, co-working space. So uh, I, I have spent a lot of time myself there, uh, attending various user groups and hosting uh, technical events that I've helped organize uh, in Memphis. There, so they're they're in good they're in a good place. They are in a good place, like those dogs. <laughs> I don't know about you, man, but like watching a little Jack Russell pound away on a on a little iPad Mini, it's I don't know. Man. Pound that's away. Right. That's right. Slap what's away. the wear? And, what's the wear and tear on those? Like Dude, those I things only last a, like a month. Don't worry, we're making so much money, we give them a new one every day. <laughs> We're not talking about like an iPad two. We're talking about like an iPad Air, well, a little Air Mini, because they got to be nice and thin. Yeah, fair enough. So they can sit cross-legged and, and work on the iPad. Cross-legged? How do dogs do that? Well, they do in Canada. I don't know. Maybe American dogs aren't that advanced anymore. Yeah, probably. <laughs> Too busy to- talking to the piebald eagles. Piebald eagles. So anyway, Memphis, uh, they had uh, good food. And I went to a an Irish pub a couple times that was across the street. That is still, I assume, across the street unless it's closed. It they, is. So they did close it and remodel it. I guess I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what you did there, Ed. Shit. But uh, shortly after you went back. Well, the uh, renovation started in the bathroom. Probably. Yeah. Well, I think they redid the bathroom and then, and then they were like, oh, well, we did such a good job renovating it. We can't just leave it at this. Yeah. Come on. So, so yeah. So it's a lot cooler there now. The one thing that I learned something there I didn't know because. I ordered a Magners, which is a, a like an English cider, and uh, she asked me if I want ice in that, and I'm like, right. "What? What? Because that's crazy talk. Why would you put ice in it? I, I don't know if the English actually put ice in it, but I down they, here, I don't think the English know even know about the concept of ice. Yeah, I, I can never keep it straight. I, I would defer to anyone who is a, a much better cider expert. I than bet I. Phil Sturgeon would know. I, yeah, I bet like, he would know no, as well. We're not asking him. <laughs> <laughs> but, but you go yeah, ahead. The, the, the ice is a big deal. They always ask about the ice. I, I, I don't right. get it. But. So, uh, well, I, now I have uh, friends uh, that, uh, and we, we go once a week to an Irish pub that is up here. So, and I get Magners there, and they've never asked me to put ice in it. And I say to them the other day, I'm like, uh, I was down here and they were asking me to put ice in there. She said, yeah, that's how they do it in Ireland. Oh, okay. Well, that makes sense then. They, but, um, but she also said that typically. Do they what stick you like get, an iced potato into it in Ireland? Yes, exactly. It's just, <laughs> it, when they say ice, they just mean a cold potato. 
Um, <laughs> it's a frozen potato. Yes, it's a frozen potato. <laughs> and um, so, but she said that uh, usually what you'll do is you'll get a glass of ice and then a bottle, but you would have it with ice. And she said that we they never ask people there that like some people will ask for it, but the 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 servers never ask people if they want ice in it because it sounds like they're trying to uh, uh, like water down the drinks or like not give them as much or whatever. So, but she said no, that's totally legit. That's that is absolutely. But I had never heard of it, um, and uh, that's the thing. So I learned that. Which really doesn't have much to do with Memphis specifically, but um, I enjoyed it there. Yeah, a friend of mine has uh, goes to the same public pub across the street from the co-working place, and they always ask her, and she's about half and half on whether or not she wants Iceland or not. I think it's just a, a, a thing. Yeah. Maybe it's a novelty or something. Maybe it's a novelty. Who knows, you know? What are you going to do? I didn't know you liked alcoholic cider. The only that is one of the only alcoholic beverages that I uh, like is ciders. Really? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So uh, I would have had you like totally as a like a Paps Blue Ribbon man. No, nah, I hate beer. It, I think it tastes terrible. I'm kind of like that with wine. I don't like wine at all. I, well, I don't like wine either. I think it tastes. I'll drink awful. beer. I'll drink some hard liquor. I like alcoholic cider, but never liked wine. My dad used to make wine before, you know, he had to go on a bunch of medications for a variety of reasons and can't drink anymore. But he used to make wine at home. Like in the toilet? <laughs> no, no. <laughs> no. No, no. Toilet. Like he had a whole setup in the basement of my parents' house. Like he used to make beer as well. Although, is, his, beer is, was, although his beer was like really bad. I didn't ever like it. But that was a beer. Me, but people told me the wine that he made and the port, he would make port as well, mm-hmm. uh, was really good. I know my mother-in-law really liked the... She likes her port, so she liked like the stuff my dad made. But he hasn't made that stuff in years, unfortunately. But he has the whole setup downstairs, like all, like all the equipment you need to make wine and beer at home. It's it's all down there um, in the basement of my parents' house, gathering dust. Oh, are you ever going to get it? Uh, I don't think so. It's not really my thing. I don't drink much anymore. I used to drink a lot more, but I don't drink much anymore. Maybe it's a thing you could do with your your kids. Maybe you know, turn it into an Arduino project or something like that. Turn my kids into alcoholics. That's a <laughs> yeah. Why not? Family well, that drinks together stays together. No, it's, it's different in Canada. Kids drink when they're like twelve or thirteen. It's at the dinner table. Yeah, not in my family. Thanks. Okay. Drunkards. That's, a, that's more like in England. More of an English thing. That's why we left. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> Damn it! We're not going to support underage drinking. This is America. <laughs> Uh, iced cider. Yep. Bangers. Iced cider. I don't believe I've had that before. I know that when I was at, when, uh, at Sunshine PHP, when I went in 2014, mm-hmm. I think it was, and Phil was there, um, uh, he had me drinking some cider that they had at the bar there. It was pretty good. I, I, I actually kind of enjoyed it. There's a good chance it was probably Magners or something. I mean, there's yeah. some other ones, but yeah, Magners, yeah. I think, is about the best you can get. I just bought whatever one um, Phil recommended, so and just uh, hoped yeah. that it, and hoped that it just didn't taste terrible or that he was like uh, deliberately having me purchase something uh, yeah. bad. This is made out of bird shit. Um, <laughs> He's like, ah, the stupid Canadian. He won't know the difference. Yeah. Uh, here's, here's some apple flavored piss. Here. Yeah. I had a, a good pear cider um, last night. 
at a at our open source group meetup, and uh, that was good. That was a really good cider. That's a glossy. Glossy, yeah. The Greater Lafayette Open Source Symposium. It's the best we got. That's all we came up. No, with. I think glossy. That's I think that's Pretty a classic. I'm, I'm, that's a good name. Yeah, it is a good. It's a fucking great name. Almost as good as Grand Theft Auto PHP. GTA PHP. Yep. I always liked uh, DPCon. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I wonder why. I kept. <laughs> I kept telling. Uh, I uh, <laughs> kept telling Cal that he had to call it DPCon when he was over there. <laughs> if people do not know, we're talking about the Dutch PHP commerce, but I did originally see it referred to as DPCon. That was the hashtag, was that it? Was, not? I that's believe, what, yes. That's every time I saw the hashtag, I, I had a the inner 12 year old chuckled. Man, even at 12, you know, well, more advanced. <laughs> um, yeah. That's how we roll down here. Yeah, I, you know, the kids grow up early. You gotta. Hard knock life. <laughs> it's the hard knock life at DPCon. Shit. Oh, man. I don't think I could ever go because I would just be making DP jokes <laughs> the entire time. I was there. Well, it, it, it is the. Why of all of Chris's talks talking about double your something? I don't get it. What is with all these submissions? <laughs> it's test doubles. Don't worry about it. It's, it's right. all about test doubles. Everything. Double penetration test. I mean, I don't know what's up with these <laughs> topics. Chris is a security expert now. That's right. Well, since the testing thing, apparently nobody gives a shit anymore. We should move on to security. I'm going to stomp all over Chris Cornett's territory now. Good idea. Yeah, he's the only one. I, is it sad? He's like one of the only nice guys I know who is in security. It just seems like that's not really true. I know plenty of nice guys who do, you know, infosec stuff, but there's a lot of assholes too in that scene. Like you just don't they, see the amount of asshole behavior like in other stuff that you do in uh, in in infosec. So my personal experience with, with such things is, I feel like it's the competitive nature for them to be the best to find the the zero days to find mm-hmm. the exploits or the weaknesses first that turns them into the assholes because there's several uh, infosec people in in Memphis that are really awesome if you get them kind of outside of their infosec bubble but once they're in their infosec buff bubble it's like the uh it's it's egos and you know who can do the what the fastest or whatever right it's it's like okay i'll be back over here it is such a dick slinging contest and even even i mean i even saw that within php stuff there were some people who were just fucking assholes about that shit and um, and, and really, and, and Ed has a prepared list. Yeah, I do, but I'm not going <laughs> to list it now. But uh, I mean, be, don't yeah. worry, kids. It'll be in the show notes. Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, but but yeah, just stupid shit. Just stupid shit. And, you know, that's I I don't know, man. Well, you're absolutely right about Chris Cornette, because I was uh, I guess the first time I got to really, I guess, meet him in person and 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 spend more than five seconds talking to the guy was at uh, PHP tech this year. Oh yeah. Uh, it was really, it was really cool. So to kind of hang out with him and I've been following his secure PHP stuff for forever. I mean, as long as right. I can remember. Right. Right. So what, you yeah, know, what, you know, it's funny is that when you say forever, it's like been a couple of years. And to me, I'm like, I've known that dude for like, t- I like for me, like him getting in more into security stuff is new. <laughs> 
Like, yeah. <laughs> like that's actually like, whoa, I remember that was weird. He got in security. Like, Trip C year. is one of the genuinely like nice people in the PhD Oh my community. God. He is the nicest guy in the world. So nice. He is okay. such a cool guy and such a sweet guy. I, I love him to death. He is a great, he's just a great person. I really, really like that guy. I'm hitting on him, but uh, <laughs> he is really just a sweet guy. He's he is just so awesome. Uh, so somebody put him in the show notes so we can link to him. We should just link to him every day, Tripsy. That's right. Uh, yeah, a longtime uh, guy behind PHP Developer. The way that uh, a lot of people get their news about PHP. He would be a great guest. We got to have him on. We should. I mean, should. I bet he's got some stories about doing PHP Developer and shit. I'm not going to ask about this new security stuff he's been doing. Yeah, I don't care about any of that. Screw the stuff that's paying the bills. We want to talk yeah, about the No, bills. let's. I want to hear stories. We want to kick it back old school style yeah. with MC. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, we should. Uh, That'd be a good idea. We should talk to be him. Be way better than this guy, huh? <laughs> right? Yeah. <laughs> I know, right? He doesn't even have this like, southern accent from Memphis. I'm calling shenanigans. Yeah, right? What's yeah. that about? I, I've been here my entire life, and I have lots of speech therapy to thank for my <laughs> accent. <laughs> <laughs> now, now Joe's going to break down I have worked so hard to lose this accent and now y'all just giving me a hard time now look you made me say y'all so, so I work for I work for a company up in or an agency up in New York and mm-hmm. the first time I said y'all on a hangout, they all like dead silence. I was like, "What the? F- what's y'all's problem?" And, and they all just lost it. They, 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 were, they were laughing at the. They were laughing at the new guy from Tennessee. What can I say? Jesus Christ, them New York Yankees, motherfuckers. Yeah, get a rope. <laughs> Jeez. Wow, this is a very dark episode. Man. Wow. Murder train. Homophobia and lynching? I mean, this is... There was nothing homophobic about what I said. Not what you said just now. Wait. Wait, what did I say just now? (laughs) About getting a rope. That was for the DPCon. No, no. Didn't you ever see that Pace Picani commercial? Where they're like... Looking at where was your Picani sauce made? And it says, New York City. New York City. And then a guy goes, get a rope. So you're glamorizing lynching. Well, I don't think they're all white. It's a cowboy. (laughs) Jesus Christ. (laughs) I'm fucked. We're going to get shut down. I didn't, I didn't mean it. I didn't mean it. This is going to be one of our most heavily edited podcasts. Oh my God. Oh God. Oh So really you've been like, I just, I thought you were like, uh, a transplant to uh, to Memphis, just based on that you don't you you do not th- you do not talk like someone from that area. According anyway, from what a Canadian would imagine, someone from Memphis is talking like. Sure, no, I, I can imagine. I so when I was really little, I had lots of speech therapy, and this was like back before I could even you know I can't even really remember it. But uh, so at an early age, I had lots of earaches and stuff. So oh, speech okay. patterns, all that fun stuff, developed a lot later. Mm-hmm. So I had to go to speech therapy because that you know when I was really young, my my mom was the only one that could understand what I was saying. Oh, so shit. speech right. therapy kind of ruins uh, accents, as it turns out. Huh. The more you know, it gives yeah, you the that, more you know that nondescript. Uh, uh, TV news anchor. Uh, is, that, is that considered the mid Atlantic accent? Is that what that is? Uh, I can't remember. It's, but it, yeah, there's something where it's like, you want to speak in this way that is neutral throughout the United States somehow. 
So you don't sound like anything or anybody. Because it always makes me laugh when I've watched some uh, uh, American television shows mm-hmm. and they're doing like subtitles and the dude is speaking English. Oh, and I'm yeah. like, I can understand every single thing <laughs> that this person is saying. I hate that shit. It's like anybody who has a mild accent, they're like, we got to subtitle this shit. Right. Like, like, I can't I can't understand a damn word this guy is saying. We better put those subtitles on. It's so, just so a bunch that, of hobo speak. Oh. <laughs> that totally throws me too when they do that because then when the subtitles stop, I keep looking for them. Oh yeah. yeah. I'm like, I hear talking, but I can't read. What's going on? It's what like throws me off the whole thing. I think it's making it now harder for me to understand people because I'm I'm so used to having the computer assist that now my uh my ear for it is weakened. Computer right. assist what? Like the, uh, where it tells you what they're saying. Your computer tells you what everybody's saying? No, the closed caption. Jesus oh, fucking Christ, keep up with us. I'm just thinking, what the hell is, well, yeah, something that, that just does uh, text-to-speech all the time? Yeah, it's, it's like in fucking Dune. I'm like, I'm, I'm thinking, wow, you, I knew Ed was lazy, but Jesus, that's like going to another level. Like in Dune, where is your name like Funkatron? Is that like a a, a power word? Like Moadibas? You point that device and you go Funkatron, Funkatron, Funkatron. Yeah, it's a killing word. Up. Yeah, killing uh, we word? all know that. that would be pretty sweet. Yeah. But because it's a not a metric killing word, I'm safe to say it. You got to so. get these worms to throw up and then they make the water out of it and I have to drink it. I've been reading Dune to my youngest. I'm trying to scare the shit out of her? Why? What do you mean? We we read the entire <laughs> Lord of the Rings trilogy. It took us like a year and a half to get through it all. Ugh, we, you we are a slow reader. Thing. Well, because I only read like five pages before she starts hassling me and I shut it down. Hassling you about what, dog? About, about everything. <laughs> why, you're, why, you're shocked, Ed, that I have a, a kids who are a pain in the ass yeah, given, the way, that, oh, given the way that I behave? Come well, I, I was surprised that you were ready to go at nine. I was putting it off because you said that you thought you were going to be late because of the change in the time, the, the bedtime. Yeah, because I shut down the bullshit and came down and did that. Because I was like, well, that's it. I'll see you. And that was it. And I left. It's kind of... It's Fucking kind of- Frodo's dead. The end. <laughs> that's right. Frodo gets on the boat with the other elves. Shut the hell up. Throw the, bo- throw the book at her and we're done. Um, no, we started reading. Uh, uh, yeah, we started. But, uh, but my daughter, very inquisitive. So, like... Every time we read stuff, I'm trying to get her out of this habit where she like constantly interrupts when I'm reading. Oh Anytime yeah, I want to say, right. "Can you just wait like ten more seconds?" Because the next sentence explains right. the other one. She's right. like, "What's this?" I'm like, "God damn, shut up!" I'm trying to read. Right. But uh, yes, I'm sure it doesn't come as a surprise to anyone that my children are as difficult as I am. Oh, that seems like a karmic. Uh, situation. Of course, it's just payback for all yeah. these years of being this way. Uh, I remember. I don't remember Dune being actually too problematic. It is a book from the 1950s, so the violence isn't particularly gratuitous. Um, I seem to remember the makeout scenes aren't too bad. I could always skip over those if they're a little rough with her, but uh, but she is she is ten, maybe not ready for some of that stuff. But for the most part. Um, I don't so think far, I don't so think far, I'm so ready for it to be reading it to my fucking daughter. <laughs> Jesus Christ! What doesn't matter what it is. I'm not going to be reading some makeout scene. Well, I'm just you know, Jesus Christ. We'll skip over that. Dude. I always I always say like when you know if I swear in front of the kids, I always say I'd rather they learn from a professional. Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> fair enough. Well, you know. So what I'm, do you do at the day job there, Joe? So I do primarily uh, PHP backend development. I do a lot of Laravel stuff, and I have been... Oh, God, why do we have this guy on? (laughs) (laughs) 
so I, I do I do mostly Laravel, and then the uh, what they're they're th- they're slowly bringing me into other projects. Uh, so the agency that I work for is primarily a expression engine shop. Oh my uh, they do, god! Really? They do. Yeah, they do lot. They do lots of expression engine stuff. Are they excited about expression engine three? I honestly don't know because I haven't been exposed to that much expression engine. Fair enough. Lar- uh, Laravel and expression engine, dude, keep cashing them checks. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so I also just recently started on a project that is a, a Python app. So I've been uh, relearning a little bit of Python here and there just to kind of uh, remember what I used to learn or what I used to know about Python years and years ago when I was doing more like system level administration tools. Uh, we're all written in Python back in the late 90s or mostly Python, Python and Perl. Uh, so I, I used to write a lot of that a long time ago. So the the Python isn't too crazy for me. It's just, you know, remembering all the stuff since I've been in PHP land so long. But before this, I've only been at this job since March. Before this, I was working for an agency in Memphis that uh, had their own proprietary CMS application. And that was essentially a legacy application that I was modernizing. So, you know, lots of, lots of legacy and content management system uh, experiences is typically my background. Nice. You do a fair bit with Ansible, right? Too. I do. Uh, at the day job, all of our stuff is enhanceable for deployments mm-hmm. and server configurations. So that kind of comes a little bit easier uh, for me since I've, I've, I've been playing with Ansible off and on for a really long time. Nice. I like that. Yeah, I know a lot of devs seem to work for agency. I think I would, uh, I don't think, I think I'm trying to think of a nice way to put this. I don't think I have the right temperament to do agency work. It definitely takes a different temperament like my, my my previous day job was uh they they really wanted to have that san francisco startup hipster culture uh, it was open office uh, it was very it was very trendy and, and hip and it was really cool i had a lot of really awesome coworkers, but and, and i was at that job two and a half almost three years and i i found out in a really unfortunate way that i didn't do well in an open office environment i i, I kind of did not work well in that. And, and that, and I really struggled with a lot of stuff uh, or with my work and getting, or be, feeling like I was being productive because I was, you know, constantly being distracted or interrupted or something. So going from an open office environment where, you know, it was this startup ish kind of culture, even though the people were awesome, the environment wasn't really product didn't feel productive for me. And then going from now I work at home. So it's so much better of an environment because I don't have nearly as many distractions. I can sit there and just feel like I'm cranking out code and being productive so much better. Yeah, that's interesting. Uh, the three of us are all, I guess, remote workers, right? Yeah, I believe, so. I guess so. Cause uh graph story is here and Ed isn't here. No, I'm not going there. Fuck that shit. <laughs> But we have good food at least, right? Yeah, you have good food. I don't mind visiting the drives a little bit of a thing, but um, now that's where Graceland is, right? Memphis, correct? It, it is. Mm-hmm. It is in Memphis. And as a true Memphian that I am, I have never been there. See, there you go. That's how it works, man. Why would you ever go? And and also, I have never. I until recently had never been to the tourist barbecue place until uh, so two of the partners from my day job came down because one of my coworkers is also in Memphis uh, and also a, a, a longtime member of Memphis PHP, which is how I've found out about the job. Mm. Uh, two of our partners from the day job came down and, and kind of hung out with us. They were in town uh, shopping some business around. And of course, they wanted to go to all the tourist barbecue places because that's what Memphis is known for. 
And I was, and they were like, have you ever been here? And I was like, no, I'm a real Memphian. I don't go there for barbecue. And that's like the worst place you could possibly go. If you're not a tourist, if you're like from here and, and then, you know, every town I think has that, right. You have the, the touristy places and you have the places where all the locals go. And so why would you let them go to the tourist one? I am going to totally pass the the buck and, and the blame onto my coworker, Luke, who was the one that suggested where we ended up going. And it was kind of, he was blamed for it all because he kept, they kept asking him. And then when I kept, you know, telling them that they were wrong and then they found out that they were wrong. I was the hero in the situation because I was right. Nice. So well, I, I got done. bonus points. Well I, I got bonus points for the, for being the new guy and being right about all the food choices and such. So, but no, we had a good time. It, it was cool for them to kind of come down and see. And especially for me being new to remote work, it was kind of cool to see uh, and meet people face to face that I was seeing in hangouts and during the standups and stuff. So uh, the remote work transition has gone. I, I I feel like it's gone really well for me uh, as opposed to a lot of horror stories that I've heard about people who didn't do really well uh, being remote. Well, those people are what we in the industry call weak. (laughs) (laughs) God, like I've been working from home for nine years. I like when I would go down to Cinecore when I was working there every six weeks, I would go down and um, what I would find was, Working in that kind of open office, well, this is kind of like open cubicle type thing, right? In section stuff. After a while, that shit would just grind me down because it's like, man, I would, you know, I'd hear everything. And it's like I would get constantly distracted. And I would feel like every time I'd be there, I could always feel when I was like having enough of being in the office. It's like one of these things where I really liked the people I was working with. I liked the work I was doing. But just the environment, just it just always made me twitchy, you know? Oh. Yeah, that's exactly where I was. What I felt like in my old day job. I mean, I, I had a blast with the people that I couldn't have asked for better coworkers. I loved what I was doing because I was doing really hard or complex things, but I was miserable being in the office. And it always, I, and that made me feel guilty for wanting to go to work. And it, it, it just caused all kinds of self internal conflicts or whatever. Yeah, just too long in open office environments like that just, uh, Made me super twitchy. Uh, I, I found the more people that were around, the twitchier I got. So whenever I would go down there, I would try to find slightly isolated spots um, uh, to work in. And, and it was always a thing too, right? Like when you work from home for a significant period of time, you have everything set up at home exactly the way that you want it. Your desk is at the exact height. Your chair is at the exact height. If you care about ergonomics, you know, you have your keyboard in the right place. And like all that stuff just goes away when you're not at home. So... It's always like the chairs never felt right, and and you know the table's too high, and, the, and then the lighting is weird, and and you know it was good to hang out with with my coworkers, and you know and develop those good social bonds that you always that you're going to need when you know when shit really needs to get done and tough right. problems need solving. You need those good social bonds, or else no one's going to you know. This is the one thing I have learned. This is kind of a pro tip for people if they want to know a little secret about remote working. You you know you need to work hard uh, to get on with your coworkers because there will come a time when you need something from them and you need something done uh, because shit's got to get done. And if you have been the um, the aloof. Uh, constantly reminding people that they are in an office and you are not type of person. Um, when you need help, none will be forthcoming. So um, for me, making those bonds with my with my coworkers um, 
were always important to me. Just because, uh, you know, it, it gives you something to talk about when you're there with them. Who want, Like, I'm thinking, if I'm just going to sit in a cubicle with headphones on and work, I, I, I can do that from home. I don't need to come down to Buffalo and stay in a nice hotel in order to do that. Yeah, we do an event here in town for the local tech community once a month where we all kind of go co-work at this co-working place uh, that we were talking about earlier. Uh, we, we all co-work for one day because there's a lot of uh, remote tech workers in Memphis. And that's a I, I have found that since I've been working from home, that that's about my, my monthly max of working with other people in, the, in my immediate vicinity because it's really cool to be able to go there and see what other people are working on and kind of have that social interaction and bonding, even with people that aren't your coworkers, but just people in your local community. And it's, it's really kind of led to some interesting conversations with people who I would normally be talking to on uh, Slack or IRC, but being able to have the personal interaction there has always been really enlightening for me to be able to kind of get to know people better that are just in the local community. Yeah, Ed, I know from when we've talked about this a bit before, um, you don't actually like you don't actually like working at home home. You pre- you prefer to go to like um to coffee shops and co-working places. Is that is, is my recollection of that correct? Yeah, I don't uh I like to get out of the uh house uh because I think my tendency is to not get into a good work frame of mind if I'm at home. And I think I like uh, being uh, around people who are kind of doing work and stuff like that, but I like to be able to sort of recess myself away if I need to. Um, So uh, yeah, I mean, that's what I've done. I worked at a coffee shop for two or three years. And then when a good co-working studio opened up, uh, I started working there and uh, I really uh, prefer that. Don't usually like to go home and work. Um, that's not my thing. I mean, I actually have a thing, a quote unquote office, but I, ne- I almost never go in it. There's computers running in it, but I go in there to like reboot them and stuff. That's about it. Uh, yeah, the, the yeah. DP render farm. Exactly. DP <laughs> render farm. Uh, it is. So yeah, I, uh, it's just different, you know, I, so I'm not a work at home person. I'm just a, I can work for people who are not necessarily, uh, and work with people who are not necessarily right next to me uh, and do a pretty good job at it, I think. I think that's one of the most important skills to have if you're if you're thinking about remote work because that didn't really hit home to me right away of being able to translate text into code or you know text instructions into solving a problem. I kind of struggled with that my first week until I kind of got in the groove of it and and all my coworkers are really awesome because if we say, you know, if anything is more than a couple of sentences in hip chat, we're immediately doing a hangout to where right. you get that, you get that inflection and the tone that you're missing in chat. So uh, that's one of the things that's really important is you have to be able to kind of work well in that scenario, which I was one of the things that I didn't think of beforehand. Yeah, definitely. Um, and so I, I, you know, it, it you, I think that, Working remotely, it requires a lot of discipline and you have to be, you know, really on the ball and, 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 and be able to take care of your business. Um, and some people do better being around everybody else who's working and that's fine. There's nothing wrong with it. You know, that's totally cool. Uh, I, working remote is harder. And as a, if you're, especially if you're managing people, it is harder to do that. Um, it requires more discipline in my experience. Um, 
and it is you just you have to put the work in. But the advantages are you get to work. You have a much wider uh, pool of people that you get to work with. And I think that, you know, in my experience, uh, those advantages outweigh the uh, the drawbacks. So uh, at least in, yeah, in my experience, I, f- I feel like a lot of companies in Memphis that hire developers are, are still stuck in the or, or some of them are coming around, but most of them are stuck in the fact that they're they think they're hiring the best person for the job. But actually, they're hiring the best person for the job that they can find in 50 mile radius. And some of them are slowly coming around to that and realizing that this remote thing, you know, actually may be kind of valid, but a lot of them are still stuck in the nineties where, you know, butts and seats. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and exactly. And, and that's fine. I just, you know, I've been lucky enough that people want to work with me and they figure that they are happy to work with me remotely. And yeah. They want to, yeah, they want to work with you, but not in the same office. Exactly. It's like, <laughs> Hey, how about you stay, you stay where you are. And let's just talk on the <laughs> phone. No, no, don't call me. No, don't call. No, no, just. Well, that Jeremy guy is, it needs as much help as he can get. Yeah, exactly. He needs it. Definitely. Needs Non-practicing it. CTO. <laughs> Practicing what? Uh, you know, it was interesting. Every once in a while, the whole uh, remote versus uh, local debate bubbles up on Twitter. I know that, um, I know that, uh, Larry Garfield um, from the Drupal project, uh, Krell, the man who wear who always wears a stylish vest at all times. Um, I wonder if he wears a, that vest when he swims. That would be kind of cool, actually. And uh, uh, he discussed that he felt that one of actually the reasons to have people located in one spot is that uh, mentoring devs and teaching them things actually can be quite difficult. Uh, in a remote environment, and I have yes. to, I have to agree with them. I really think that remote work is really uh, the type of people who are probably best suited to do remote work are um, you know experienced developers who are used to solving problems uh, that require minimal supervision to get done. Um, you know uh, any uh, projects that require a really um, high level of collaboration over I what I think would best describe it as a compressed time scale. Mm-hmm. Those things that are probably better suited to be solved um, in person. I mean, mm-hmm. you look at things like, I mean, one of the things when you talk about remote work that you could argue that the whole open source model is an example of, of remote work where all the people involved in the project are not located in one place. And, uh, you know, there are some open source projects that are, that are doing awesome work, but <clears throat> you can't get, I would imagine my experience too has been the same where getting a bunch, getting a bunch of people to work collaboratively work together on a project (laughs) over a very narrow timeframe is extremely difficult to do. I won't not impossible, but extremely difficult. And um, I can count on one hand, the number of times that something really complicated has been pulled off by um, a totally remote team. I'm sure other teams have found ways to make it work, but it, it just seems like on a really compressed timescale, unless everybody is completely dialed in to remote working and, and really good at collaborating, you know, collaborating over non-visual means um, you're, you could be in for a rough time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I could see that. I think it'll be really hard to do to get like, say somebody who is a junior dev and while you're trying to do training and stuff. And I think there would be definitely some challenge there. Uh, I think there's some things you can get around that. Uh, I've been using Screen Hero, 
And I think that could be a really good thing for pairing. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, it's not easy. It's not easy. And, it, and, and, and it's true that the, the experiences that I've had have primarily been with experienced developers. I'd call them senior level developers. And uh, they don't, they don't need a lot of interaction and sort of checking on them. It's kind of like, yep, doing good. Great. There you go. You know, you tell them what to do. They do it. They come back. Here you go. You know, so. Yeah. I hate the, I hate the dream crush, the juniors who want to work remotely, but uh, <laughs> it, it can be, it, it can be extremely hard to, for, you know, less junior people, people that need a lot of guidance to, to get the work done. Pretty hard to integrate them into, into a remote environment. Yeah, it can be challenging. I mean, it's not impossible to, I think it's, it's one of those things where are you, are you good at learning stuff on your own too? Right. And some people don't learn great that way. And some people do. Some people, you, well, you, you say, go learn about this topic and they go and learn about it on their own. Right. And there's some people who really need more stuff and it's just different. People learn differently. And I think that's a big part of it, but I have to think about that more see what, see why that is. All right, so let's. How are we doing for time? All right, we're we're. I think cut uh, it short. Well, I don't know, Ed. Did you did you want to talk no. about the? No, we'll save the we'll save the packages stuff for next. Yeah, time. let's talk about that next time. That sounds good. Right. So, uh, so yeah, I want to. I mean, Joe, thanks so much for coming on. I know this was done on short notice, and I know I'd spoken to you before that we wanted to get you on, but uh, I really appreciate you um, stepping up and uh, giving Ed and I someone else to talk to tonight. Well, thanks for having me. It was, I uh, had a good time. So anything else other than Nomad and uh, your employer that you want to talk about? Nope. That was, I think that's about it. Excellente. I'm going to have to start saying y'all to him every time I see him. Excellente. Uh, cause, as, I, cause I've run into long, Joe a few times at conferences these days now that he started showing up for them. Yeah. As long as I can say what's, what's it all about. What's look, man, we don't talk like that at all up here. <laughs> a boot. No dude, no dude about it. So this has been episode number 64 of the Development Hell podcast with our very special guest, Joe, not Turd Ferguson, talking to us about Nomad, PHP, Memphis PHP, and a whole bunch of other stuff with a nice little uh, side discussion about remote working. So Ed, uh, you want to thank our sponsors, please? We should, we should, um, we should oh, thank, yeah, oh, go ahead. On. Also, we have our, our list of upcoming fantastic events for those who happen to be listening live. Those who listen when this comes out might have missed some of them. So Ed is, uh, thanks to a very generous support of people via his Indiegogo campaign, uh, is speaking at a bunch of places in the next little bit. He will be talking at Laracon. He will be talking at the Northeast, Northeast, <laughs> Northeast PHP conference uh, in Boston, Mass. No, it's not in, it's not it's in, in Boston. Boston it's not, yeah. Is it in Boston? I thought it's like in the, it's out like at the Microsoft nerd center. Yeah, center, but there's, but Boston itself is only, is actually really small. But if you right. look at the Boston metro area, it's right. actually huge. And there's like 15 million people live in it. Right. So yeah, it's some crazy. Right. So he'll be at Northeast PHP. He also will be at OzCon. I will be at OzCon, which is next week. So, you know, if you're 
you're probably not going to uh, do that, but it's in August. Laracon is in August, um, and so is Northeast PHP, and I've got three or four things uh, coming up after that. So Right, and yeah. also, uh, as if we want to talk about something that's happened just after that, um, both Ed and I will be at uh, Pacific Northwest PHP, and we'll, mm-hmm. we will be doing a live recording of the podcast on the Saturday after the conference itself is over. So yeah, um, well, hopefully that goes well. The live ones seem to go okay. Um, and for me personally, I will be in nashville tennessee next week uh a week i I fly out a week tonight um i'm doing the first of a series of planned um, workshops on just getting people up to speed with unit testing so i'll be down there uh teaching a bunch of folks with some help from uh ben ramsey and jacques woodcock uh i want to thank them for helping me organize that so i'm looking forward to doing that and then uh I fly down to Nashville and then fly back on the Saturday back up to Kanakistan. And then on Sunday, I'm flying out for a week's vacation. We're going to Prince Edward Island. So I'm looking forward to that. Me, the wife, and our youngest, because our oldest already got her summer vacation, the nice Mediterranean cruise where she went to Monaco, uh, Sicily, Rome, Barcelona, and a couple other places, and uh, allegedly had a good time. So, those, so if you're in any of those places except Europe because I will not be there. Um, feel free to hit us up. Come talk to me, especially come talk to Ed. Go see his talk. Let him know um, that you appreciate all the time and effort that Ed is putting into promoting um, mental health issues. Yeah, really. That's right. Help Ed out so he can get more followers than me. Please. So, uh, Ed, time for the sponsors. All right. So you got your Rove, who, uh, my understanding, were just uh, acquitted of all charges of animal abuse uh, related to uh, dog farm gate. And um, so, but it is also my understanding that uh, Gary has uh, left the country for international waters. So that's all we know right now. We'll keep you up to date. And he he actually goes to international waters all the time. So he can buy duty free smokes. Yeah, that's right. He goes to Sealand and buys duty-free smokes on that oil rig. And then um, we got your Wonder Network, uh, who they got their pings, your fast, your ups, your loads, your VPNs, anything you want, anything you desire, fleur-de-lis, LA Confidential. All right. That's who our sponsors are. Thank you. And and thank you so much for sponsors. Just a reminder, like what Joe was saying with Nomad PHP uh, doesn't run for free. The podcast itself doesn't run for free. So we do greatly appreciate um, the sponsors helping to offset the cost of putting on such fine uh, programming related entertainment. Uh, so, that's it. Thanks so much for joining us. You can find uh, every single episode that we've done on our website at devhell.info. Ed does always such an awesome job of picking um, titles for the episodes and, of course, finding the correct graphic to go with it. Uh, Also, you can listen to us via iTunes. If you do listen to us via iTunes, please, please, please rate the podcast. Let us know what you like. Let us know what you don't like so we know to ignore you. 
you can also find us on Twitter at dev underscore hell. Um, I think Ed runs the account because I don't even remember what the password is anymore. So mm-hmm. if anything that comes out of it, that's always Ed tweeting it. Uh, you can find me on Twitter. I'm Grumpy Programmer without the U. You can find Ed on Twitter as Funkatron with the U. Thanks so much for joining us. Thanks to everybody in IRC. Thank you to Wonder Network for the awesome bandwidth. And uh, we will all talk to you soon. Good night, Internet. Thank you.